0: The only reason that we are believable is because now we have such a massive review profile that proves that we stand behind it. But if you're starting out, you know, you don't have that. So at least, you know, make it extreme, but make it believable.
1: And I want a good show, damn it. Awesome! Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you, Andrew. Thank you for having yes. us. Yes. Yeah. Everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Show. I'm your host Andrew Maff, and today I am joined by the amazing Michael Kaufman, who's a brand owner over at Pro Tough Products. Michael, how are you doing? You ready for a good show? Doing great. I'm ready. Beautiful. Super excited to have you on the show. Um, really looking forward to getting into this one. I've got a relatively similar experience, but I'm super excited to hear on your end. Um, I like to always start this off the same way. I'd love to give you the opportunity, to kind of tell everyone a little bit about you know, where you've been, where you're at now, some of your background, we'll take you from there. Okay.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in e for almost 30 years. Um, I've been on Amazon for uh, close to 10. So uh, kind of an OG in that space. And um, so we, a lot of what we do centers around post-purchase process and list building and uh, utilizing that for better launches, better reviews, you know, customer interaction, that sort of thing. Um and so actually myself and a couple of other guys have actually started a mentoring program over at brandfortresshq.com uh as well as a podcast to go along with that so um if anybody's looking for assistance with their Amazon business specifically with relationship to brand building and post purchase process and list building that sort of thing it's kind of what we do so Beautiful
1: the post purchase thing especially through Amazon Traditionally, a nightmare. Also, something that most sellers completely ignore. They spend so much time trying to get someone to actually buy something, and then they just ignore them after they do actually purchase something. So, tell me yeah. a little bit about that. What is what is the process? What you know? What are you kind of implementing post
0: purchase? So our so our brand is we sell pool cleaning tools um, in that space. It's a very commodity space. Most of the products out there are, are quite crappy. Um, so we basically upgraded everything so that we have a really high quality product, you know, good features, but in terms of the post-purchase process, the way that we've implemented it is through a warranty. So we offer an unlimited free replacement lifetime warranty on all of our products. Um, and that obviously is fairly valuable, especially since we sell it about, five times the price of most of the other products in our category. So if you're going to spend that kind of money, you would want to take advantage of the warranty that was uh, advertised. So we do get pretty good response rates on that. We get about a 30% response rate um, from our package inserts. And of course we're continuing to split test to improve that. But, um, and so we get both email and we get um, our physical addresses because uh, since it's a warranty, at registration, we ask for that physical address and just say, hey, we're going to need to ship you something down the road, so we'll need your address. We don't require it, uh, but 90% of our registrations actually do include the um, the address. So that actually proves pretty useful for us um, and has given us, well, uh, we've got about 35,000 people on our subscriber list, and we get about a 50% open rate on just about anything we send out. So,
1: Wow. So the immediate question, I know that of there's a handful of listeners who will email me like after every episode and they listen to it and then shoot or pick it apart. And one of the immediate questions I know is one guy's going to have uh, the terms of service on Amazon on when you can or cannot do uh, mention a warranty. And I would imagine uh, the way you're alerting people these warranty or at least how to get to the site would be. Uh, through some kind of insert or something like that in the product packaging. Am I correct? Yeah,
0: Yeah, definitely an insert. In fact, actually on on most of our products, we actually use a hang tag. So um, one of the things that we discovered, and that actually was a big switch. So we had inserts, um, which did relatively well. But when we switched to the hang tag, uh, we nearly doubled our response rate. And so... Essentially, the issue there is, and I would yeah. I would caution every seller, if you're going to u- try to institute a post-purchase process and you're including some sort of an insert, you have to make sure that the customer has to interact with it um, in some way. And by using a hang tag, especially because of the way our product operates, they have to remove the hang tag in order to use the product. It's impossible to use it without it. So, um, so they have to interact and not instantly gave us an overnight, you know, massive increase in response rate. So if there's any way that you can make an adjustment to how you're using an insert um, to make sure the customer absolutely has to interact with it, I guarantee you, you will see much better results out of that. But in terms of TOS, um, I have a, a few perspectives on that. One is Amazon certainly cannot bar you from offering a warranty on a product they may be able to bar you from advertising it on your listing technically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say we've fairly successfully gotten around that and we've never had an issue with Amazon. Like the, the worst issue that we've ever had with Amazon was just simply the listing was suspended, but it was more, you know, like it wasn't an administrative thing. It was just the algorithm, you know, like it just turned off the listing and we made, you know, we changed the image back or we did, you know, whatever listing came back up again and we just play around with it. You know, like we've got lifetime warranty and virtually every main image of, of every product that we sell. Um, and there's, there's creative ways that you can get around the algorithm. One of the ways that we've found that actually is kind of useful is that obviously the human brain can fill in the gaps, right? So like if there's a letter or two that are covered in a message, if the message is one that's fairly obvious, you know, the the person looking at it is going to know the algorithm is not going to pick it up. So if the algorithm is picking up the word warranty, say in your main image, if you just do it in such a way so the product covers a little portion of of that message, the customer can still read it, obviously, but the algorithm can't pick it up. So that's one easy way to get around that. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. I love it. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to get caught one day or blah, blah, blah. I think, you know... Amazon's TOS, in terms of like driving traffic to your website and the inserts and all that stuff, I really don't feel that the way it's written is as black and white as a lot of people make it out to be. Um, And then to your point, like they can't really stop you from offering a warranty. And then as, as far as I'm aware, the TOS, an insert, or to your point, which I like the idea even better of doing like a hang tag, if it's in the product packaging, it's considered a part of the product. Have you. Thoughts on that? Is that kind of how you stand with it?
0: That's the way I perceive it. That's the way I would look at it. You know, and and I also would say that the warranty is part of the product. Like, yeah. I mean, if you if you buy a product, like, I mean, yeah. the warranty is the reason you pay the price that you pay. Oftentimes, is because it has a warranty, or if it doesn't, then you expect to pay less. So, from my perspective, it is a part of the product. Um, and so, I don't really concern myself too much with it. I mean, is um, I think that you know. Obviously, there's the, you know, the, the obvious things, you know, don't be putting an insert in there that asks for a five-star review. Don't be, you know, I mean, there's all of the obvious stuff, you know, but but again, if I offer a warranty on a product, if Amazon's main thing is take care of the customer, well, a warranty is useful if you actually stand behind it. And we do like, I mean, our, our review profile for virtually every product on Amazon is a full five-star review. So um, we clearly stand behind it. I, I'm not going to worry about it. You know I mean? It's, it's effective for us. It's useful. It gets us the registrations. We take care of the customer. I mean, we're, I would say one thing, if, if you decide to offer a warranty, I would say, well, I would say two things. One, make it extreme, but believable for your category. So if, if, if you can, if it's at all possible, I would three to five X, whatever anybody else in your category is doing, but I would price accordingly so that you can afford Mm -hmm. to do it. But I would also put a time limit on it. One of the things that I think we did wrong is to make it unlimited free replacement for life because it doesn't sound believable, you know, like from a customer's perspective, like that's ridiculous. Nobody's going to do that. Who could afford to do that? There's a whole bunch of reasons why we can afford it. Um, But a customer doesn't know all those reasons. So it doesn't sound reasonable. Also it makes it hard from a marketing perspective to calculate the value that they receive because it's infinite, right? Like it never ends. But if, If everybody else in your category offers a one year and you offer a five year, well, then you can instantly calculate the value. You know, they can calculate it in their head, but certainly in your marketing, you can calculate it. There's numbers that you can use. We can't do that. You know, it's not, it's not effective in that way. So we're not believable. Um, The only reason that we are believable is because now we have such a massive review profile that proves that we stand behind it. But if you're starting out, you know, you don't have that. So at least, you know, make it extreme, but make it believable. Um, yeah. I think it's, is a, you know, a, important piece.
1: How much, you know, I mean, I know the business has, you know, been crushing it, but you've been at it for years. Is it, I imagine a majority of it is Amazon. How, what, what would you say is the percentage, uh, from Amazon versus your, uh, D2C site?
0: Quite frankly, at the moment, it's all Amazon. So, oh. um, we actually oh. are opening up our, we we had D2C available a while back. We transitioned to, um, pushing everything to Amazon. Um, And part of the reason that we did that was because we started to lose a little bit of ranking uh, against a lot of, you know, new Chinese sellers at a very low price point. It just, you know, and we, we actually had, it's one of those things where we had a number of issues that kind of all came together at one time and we lost some ranking and it was actually really difficult to get back. Um, you know, once you've lost it, when you've got yeah. so many low price competitors that take those spots, then it's it's hard to come back from that. And so one of the things that we started doing was just all traffic was going to go to Amazon. We weren't gonna process it on our website at all. That did help to some degree, but we're gonna reopen the the D2C site and mostly because we actually are moving into we in the past, we haven't really sold a whole lot of say auxiliary products, let's say. Uh, you know, back-end products, which is kind of silly. I mean, we've got a massive list of people who are very loyal to the brand. Like, why wouldn't you do that, right? But it just never became a priority for us. So that's actually one of the ways that we want to move this year to really increase our profit uh, and our revenue is to start offering products on our website because we can sell at a pretty high high price point with our warranty. Um, And there's really no reason we can't offer that warranty on a lot of other products that we could sell. And if we're not on Amazon, there's nothing else on the shelf at a lower price. You know, like they're coming yeah. to our site, we can sell at whatever price we want and be fairly effective at it. So, you know, at present, everything is Amazon. But hopefully as we move forward this year, that'll be less and less the case.
1: As you start to move into the D C site, are you thinking of exploring the whole Buy With Prime functionality? Or are you going to try to keep the two channels completely separate?
0: You know, we're not entirely sure. We were contacted by somebody from, from Amazon about Buy With Prime um, you know we we kind of have been tossing it around. there's benefits and drawbacks, I think you know at this point, I don't think we're gonna utilize it and we're gonna see how things go. We may take a short bit and maybe test it and see but we need we need some startup data first you know like we got to see how does it perform without it you know and then test Good it point. with it so that we have something to compare against
1: yeah with um you know one of the things you had mentioned about you know you've got a lot of loyal uh, customers to the brand and you know it, to uh, how do I say this? Um, respectfully, it's pool products, right? How do you yeah. gain such a solid brand loyalty around like pool products, accessories, and things like that? It's you know, it's typically you you find a lot of brand loyalty around like the sexy Instagram brands and things like that. But to sure. get brand loyalty around, uh, you know, something that's just kind of a as needed sort of thing, like how did you go
0: about approaching that to build that community? I think. If, if I'm being honest, I fell into it um, because so when we first started, when I first started, it was just me. Um, you know, I I basically was taking a product off the shelf, you know, from the manufacturer. I did, hadn't made any adjustments to it. I didn't change anything. I was just throwing it up on Amazon to see what would happen. Right. I've been in yeah. e-commerce for a while. I wanted a little bit different direction to what I was doing, so I you know I thought I'd give it a shot. So in that moment. I knew I needed to differentiate, but I wasn't going to go to the trouble at that point, since I hadn't tested, you know, Amazon at all to go through prototyping and making changes and upgrading features and everything. So I was like, you know, what can I do to differentiate? Well, nobody was offering a warranty in the space. And I thought, well, let's, let's do that, you know? And so lifetime warranty became the thing. Now I didn't originally advertise it as unlimited free replacement. I started with just lifetime warranty. Um, however, for me, what became obvious pretty quickly, and again, I kind of fell into it was that I was extremely liberal with the warranty from the beginning. So, you know, if somebody asked, I sent another one, right. Um, and part of that was just because I didn't have any review profile. So I needed five-star reviews. I certainly didn't want a negative review from somebody who, you know, was upset about the warranty. Right. So as much as just ethically, you know, like I want to stand behind it. There was also a tactical aspect there where I didn't want the negative reviews, but what became obvious really quickly was how people responded to that. So the fact that I made the warranty so easy, they didn't have to jump through hoops. I approved virtually every warranty claim. The response from customers to that was always like, I I can't believe you actually replaced it you know, and it showed up two days later and I didn't have to prove anything. I didn't have to send you any pictures. I didn't have to, you know, any of these things. Right. And so it became really clear from, from very early on was I could build a massively strong review profile by doing just that. And those customers, like many of them would say to me, like, what else do you sell? Right. Cause I want to buy it. Like if the warranty is that easy, Why would I not buy everything from you, right? And so that just became a a very strong signal to me that we were on the right track. This is the way we want to run it. And I know that I'll have loyal customers out of that because they're telling me, you know, like they're brand new to me and they're already loyal because of how I handled that warranty. So if you can do that, I highly recommend it. I think it's a very strong, um, I mean, essentially it's just, doing something that's way beyond what everybody else is doing, right? It doesn't have to be a warranty. It can be anything, you know, but, but if you're doing it way better than everybody else, you're going to get brand loyalty out of that. You know, like it's, it's, it's naturally going to happen. It just happened to be that we use warranty for that. But. Yeah. Do
1: you, um, you know, it, you mentioned you, you were basically liberal with the warranty in the beginning. Like how did you end up actually doing like the calculation of how many people actually take advantage of the warranty and figuring out like how lucrative that may or may not be. Cause I could see like sure. you started off very, uh, liberal with it in the beginning and it just happened to work out really well, but I could also see how someone could start doing that. And then that just comes back and completely bites them in the ass down the line. Right. So how did you, how do you figure out the math on that?
0: So there's a few things. I mean, first of all, we really couldn't uh, calculate the math until we we had been in it for a few years, essentially, and doing it because um, we knew that the average lifespan of our product, you know, we, we began to see like two, three years was the average lifespan. Now, we've had people that, you know, six, seven, eight years, you know, it, it lasted, but but average it's probably three years. So we knew once we get past that three-year mark, now we're going to start seeing a, 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 an uptick, right? Like that's what we were expecting. So like in the early stages, you know, it was a very low percentage of, of revenue. Um, it was insignificant, reasonably. Um, I knew once I got past that three-year mark, you know, okay, now it's going to start to increase. What is it going to look like? And it did increase, you know, I mean, reasonably speaking, but not nearly as much as I expected. And so I would say, you know, like just to throw out some numbers right now, nine year, nine plus years in, and with virtually all of our products really having kind of that, you know, two to three year lifespan. um, We, I just did a calculation actually recently because we've got um, a a potential buyer who wants to know. Um, Our, in 2023, we sold 75,000 units. We sent out 6,500 replacements under warranty claim. Um, However, most of those are parts. So we, and actually we're moving even further in that direction, but so that amounted to 3% of revenue. Um, And if I recalculate that based on, we're making an adjustment to one of our products. So all of our pool rakes, our pool nets, they're a singular piece. I mean, it's all glued together. So if somebody needs a replacement for their pool net, I have to send them an entire pool net. That's fairly yeah. expensive, especially now as fulfillment costs have gone up. So we've redesigned that. So it's a modular rake. So I can send out parts. And I also know what the parts are that most people need most frequently. And I can ship those very inexpensively. The part itself doesn't cost much. So that 3% of, of revenue that we spent in 2023 will be about 1.75% of revenue in 2024. Um, and so it's actually a, you know, it's not, it's not insignificant, but in relationship to our profit margins, you know, I mean, again, we sell it five times the price of most everybody else in our category. Like it's really a drop in the bucket. And when you think about what it does for you from a, you know, a review profile perspective and the brand loyalty perspective and being able to sell on the back end and what you could do with consumables, like if you're a durable goods, Because that's another area that we're moving into this year. So to some degree, this is theory, but I would say really strong theory. And that is my customers have already told me, I'll buy anything that you sell, right? They've already clearly indicated to me they're willing to pay more for my products, right? Why would it not also be true if I offered a strong guarantee on a consumable product like pool test strips and chemicals and things like that? all the evidence suggests they would pay me a premium for that because they would know if they ever had a problem with the product, I'd just replace it or I'd refund it. You know, like they already know I'm going to do that. So I can almost guarantee I could sell any consumable in my space for probably 15%, maybe 20% more than anybody else in the category. I can sell that all back end. I don't even have to sell it on Amazon so I can save the fees. So You know, if you're in durable goods, if you prove to them through a warranty that you're going to stand behind it and take care of them and you sell at a good margin, then you can easily move into consumables in that space and your customers are going to buy those as well. Because if you guarantee them the same that you buy, you know, guarantee your durable goods, why would they not? And you can sell them again at a premium. So I think there's a strong argument to be made that you could do it. I think a couple of other things that are critical there is the type of product, like Our product in a lot of ways is very much like a, for different reasons, but it's very much like a fitness product. Take a fitness product. Think about how you would, you know, if you were doing warranty on that, right? Most people, when they buy a fitness product, they buy it with the intent of using it on a regular basis for years to come, right? Like I want to get in shape. I'm going to, I buy this product because it's going to help me do X, Y, Z. I'm going to use it every other day. And what generally happens? Two weeks later, it's in the closet and they never use it again. Right. But in the moment of purchase, they believe they're going to use it regularly for an extended period of time. So if you tell them, if you sell them elastic bands and you say we offer a seven year warranty unlimited free replacement in their mind, they can calculate that. And they're like, well, I know elastic bands don't aren't going to last seven years if I'm using them regularly. So I'm probably going to get two or three replacements out of that, you know, maybe more. So their calculation is it's worth it because they're not thinking it's going to end up in the closet. But for you as the brand owner, you know, there's a large percentage of people that you're never going to have to fulfill that warranty for, which means the ones that you do fulfill on, you can treat them like a king and they're going to love you and they're going to give you referral business and reviews and all of that. So Mm -hmm. I would say if you're in a business where, and you're selling a product where it's like that. You know, like pool products, it's different, but it works the same because you buy it for a pool that you own with this house. There's a lot of people who move into a new house that don't have a pool. They hate cleaning yeah. the pool, you know, so they move and they don't have one. Well, they don't take the tools with them. So nobody's going to request a, you know, a replacement on that. So there's a lot of ways that you can actually minimize that expense. I would also recommend modular design. Like if you find that there's you oh, know yeah. parts that are getting replaced, change the design, make it modular so you can just send them the part.
1: How do you in this scenario, so when someone makes this purchase, are they required to register to get the warranty or is the product automatically warranted?
0: Um, it is automatically warranted. Um, we essentially will allow them they do end up having to register prior to a claim, but essentially if they don't register it early on, it's part of the claims process like they register and then immediately it flows into the claim. Um, however, we do incentivize registering sooner, you know, so that would be my, my argument would be, you know, so for instance, a good example would be, and and again, this would be better for us if we had started with an actually defined warranty length, right? So if everybody else is offering a one year, you offer say a three year or a four year on Amazon, right? Like you advertise that, but then the insert or the hang tag or whatever it is says, Hey, register within the next seven days and double the length of your warranty right? That's a pretty massive incentive to register early on, especially if maybe there's also a giveaway attached to it or something like that. Like we do a monthly you know, giveaway that's attached with that when they register the warranty, they're entered in the, in the giveaway. So there's all sorts of things that you can do to provide that extra incentive. But I actually think a well-defined warranty length and then doubling it or adding a couple of years or whatever, you know, with that insert, I think is a really good way to make use of that.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. A lot of stuff to think about. Michael, I really appreciate your time. I don't want to take up too much more of it. I know you're super busy. I would love to give you the opportunity here to let everyone know where they can find out more about you, of course, more about Protuff and of course, about uh, Brand Fortress.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, if you're in the market for pool cleaning tools and you want a good warranty, protuffproducts.com, P-R-O-T-U-F-F is uh pro Um If you're interested in any mentoring or we've got a free Amazon, basically post-purchase funnel blueprint that we give away at brandfortresshq.com, you can check out the brand Fortress HQ podcast, or you could find me on LinkedIn. Beautiful.
1: Michael, thank you so much for your time. Everyone who tuned in, of course, thank you as well. Please make sure you do the usual rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff on whichever podcast platform you prefer or head over to ecomshow.com to check out all of our previous episodes. But as usual, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to The Ecom Show. Head over to ecomshow.com to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or on the Blue Tusker YouTube channel. The Ecom Show is brought to you by Blue Tusker, a full-service digital marketing company specifically for e-commerce sellers looking to accelerate their growth. Go to bluetusker.com now for more information. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of The Ecom Show.